Theme music, please. Aloha, I'm Mick Calder. How's it? I'm Bruce Omori. And you are... On... on Hawaiian time. Hawaiian time. time. <laughs> <laughs> Mick. Nick, you're running a bit slow. <laughs> <laughs> Not the first time, Bruce. <laughs> On Hawaiian Time is a podcast where Bruce and I talk story about life unfiltered here on the Big Island. In addition to Bruce, I'm joined by my lovely wife, Anne. Aloha. And our illustrious producer, Tim. Hey there, Mick. Okay, everybody, so welcome to the On Hawaiian Time podcast. We've got a great show for you today. But before we get to that, I'd really like to thank our millions of listeners. Well, okay, <laughs> hundreds of listeners. All right, fine, our dozen family members who are tuning in every week. A giant mahalo goes out to all you guys for your support and great reviews. You guys rock. And I'd also like to share a little bit of trivia with you guys, if that's okay. You don't mind, do you? No, we don't mind. <laughs> go ahead. Sure, go ahead. Uh, anyway. I'd love to hear it. All right, so I'm talking to a, a, a buddy of mine the other day who lives in New York, and uh, he's a literary agent, and he asked me uh, this question. He said, you know, of all the different kinds of writing done today, from novels to textbooks to blogs to whatever, which one brings in the most money? Any guesses? Uh, Ooh, I'm scared. Mm. I'd say books. All right, any others? Mm. You guys got nothing. You want the answer? Yeah. Ransom yes. notes. <laughs> Ransom notes. <laughs> okay, so for our wonderful guest today, we have a real special guest, um, and it's um, particularly special to Annie, so I'm going to let Annie do the introductions. On this episode of On Hawaiian Time, we have a special guest, and that is my son, Drew Morehouse. He lives in Santa Barbara. He is a paramedic, and he works for the Santa Barbara County AMR. And I'm real excited to hear him and what uh, it's been like for him as a paramedic. Welcome, Drew. Hi, guys. Thanks for Hi, having Drew. me. Hi, Drew. How's it, brother? Doing well. Doing very well, thank you. How about you guys? We're good. good. Drew, what's it like on the ground there in Santa Barbara? It's uh, as we speak. It's May fourth on Monday, so uh, just for reference for everybody. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's definitely good to have a reference with uh, everything that's been going on. It's um, it's good. People are still kind of obeying. They're they're still um, you know, there's not very many people around town. Uh, people still taking it very serious, but. Uh, it is May 4th, and people are starting to get a little itchy. Yeah. Um, not quite as uh, stay-at-home as uh, they were about a month ago or even two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, We've seen a lot of protests from California, uh, Drew. Are they doing that down there in Santa Barbara? I have not seen it myself. I've heard of people um, trying to do that and uh, um, different little communities around the area. Um, more so from what I've heard, uh, the smaller towns that are kind of around, just because a lot of those towns are more the mom-and-pop style stores. Mm -hmm. uh, there's not the big funding behind a lot of the big um, you know, nationwide companies. I'm sure they got a little more back behind them, a little more yeah. uh, financial backing. But these mom-and-pop stores, those little towns, I think a lot of those are kind of having those little protests. Um, mm -hmm. And that being said, as a paramedic with AMR, I try to stay away from <laughs> any of that. Right, so. right. So do, you, so do you guys, as paramedics, do you guys have an opinion on, on you know, the protests and people wanting to get out and do that? 
I mean, um, it's very individualistic, I would say. So I was going to say, too, like it is it is people are staying home a little more, but it's also like State Street, the main drag where all the restaurants and shops and Santa Barbara's got a huge restaurant and the wine industry is uh, blown away. I mean, Mm. it's it's the past few past few years and stuff. It's really picked up here and those are all shut down. Everything's really quiet. So on the main drag, it's quiet. But a lot of those kind of not secret places, but those places that only the locals go or those swimming holes, those little uh, patches where only locals like to go and not tell anyone are very busy. The beaches on the front street aren't busy, but if you go a little bit off the beaten path, everything's kind of busier. It's uh, personal, so what what you think. So, like, I like to get out. I feel like exercising and stuff like that is is good, but um, it's important for people to stay separated still. I mean, we don't know these next two weeks, I'm sure, uh, as in Hawaii, um, are going to tell a lot, you know, because this this, kind of epidemic, it takes two weeks to figure out if what you're doing actually is working or not. So, um it's yeah, it's kind of a delayed response, and people are getting a little antsy and all that kind yeah. of stuff. People so are still obeying, we'll but towards the end of the month, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's really interesting because I mean, literally this past week of work for me, I mean, our call volume might have doubled. It's mm. crazy. All of a sudden, there's traffic to get to calls from what? Uh, I were, just people being out and about. The beaches are full. I mean, Santa Barbara, they have volleyball courts. All the nets are up are taken down so they're not up but the beaches are full you know i mean there's uh, people are out doing it i mean that being said it's it's county based so we uh we went down to ventura to uh meet a friend to grab something from them and the beaches down there are totally shut down the cops are you know up and down the beach sheriffs are up and down the beach the park rangers are up and down the beach you cross county lines and the beaches are wide open so it's Mm. A little uh, different according to what's going on, but um, you know, I just saw yeah, it's... just saw a video um, shot in Santa Barbara County, and the beaches were really crowded. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think yeah. it was shot on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken, and hundreds of people, mm-hmm. and hardly anybody wearing masks or anything, and they're not doing that six foot uh, separation, you know. Yeah, it's they're not. I mean, that's the thing, too. It's I mean, it's definitely not at full capacity. The people that are staying home, the people that are wearing the masks really are. And they're taking it very serious. Mm. But you have, uh, I would say, about half the population that is out and about not doing it. We were stationed. um, So when I work on a day car on the ambulance, you kind of bounce around. It's on a um, the county kind of has an on demand where you're going to move ambulances when calls go out. You're going to move ambulances more into the busier spots and as you work your way down. And so we were stationed at the beach for a while, and we had, I mean, within an hour, probably five cars, six cars drive up. They said, oh, we're from Ventura. We're from L.A. <laughs> um, just wondering. We heard the beaches were open up here. What, wondering what's going on. What do you guys know? And so it's, you know, that's, that's hard. Mm. You know, it's kind of like... Um, I was reading a little bit. I mean, you're seeing what's going on in Santa Barbara. I was seeing what's going on in the islands there where the islands are kind of on their own trying to open up or I heard different, um, you know, different locations kind of opening up. Whereas in California, you can drive there instead of Hawaii. You have to take a plane and it's a little more regulated. Yeah. Here you just drive. They, uh, when I went to go meet my friend, he had said, uh, he saw on Facebook that people in LA were saying, Oh, Ventura County beaches are open now, <laughs> you know, and that's the last thing you want to do is blast that. You yeah. know, you want to 
slowly reintroduce and again it's a two-week two-week uh time frame so you're not going to know if say you know we blew it last week with people not doing it well shoot we're not going to know till the end of this month and then Mm -hmm. you know what we're going to quarantine again for another month and just shot ourselves in the foot with everything we we gained so yeah it's it's interesting but i would say uh kind of going back to what mick had asked the the main concern i think for everyone is um even if you are out and about and you are not quarantining it's who are you going to give it to you know like the last thing thank god i don't live with anyone older it's just me and my girlfriend you know but man if i brought it home to mom or grandma you know that's that's the real issue or someone younger you know i mean if i get it from my own stupidity that's fine you know you can justify that but feeling feeling guilt for giving it to someone else you know when you don't have control i think mm-hmm. i think that's where the real burden is with with everyone especially the paramedics and and the staff that we have you know i mean everyone kind of wants to keep it at bay but if i get it you know i think i can deal with it i think i'm reasonable but man you give it to someone else that can't that's the hard part yeah. that's the problem you know people being carriers of this and passing it to other people and and knowingly or unknowingly you know and i think the asymptomatic people are, are even more of a problem, which is even more important for everybody to wear a mask because you don't know if you've got it or you don't. Exactly, exactly. I, would, I totally agree with that. I mean, it's, I constantly myself compare it to the flu, but the flu is easy. If you have the flu, you know you have the flu. You know, this is the invisible. Some people, it's an invisible killer. You, you never even know. So it, that's really hard. I mean, again, the, I, people compare it. I compare it to like the flu pandemics where you knew if you had the flu, you know, you, you knew what was that, that you were infected and that you need to be treated. Even if you didn't know what to be treated with, you knew to at least stay away from people. You had to stay away from that person. But I mean, it's yeah, I, even I see it. It's it's scary. And like my line of work where I mean, if I got it, then shoot, I'm probably giving it to my partner who's giving it to all these other medical professionals and stuff like that. So it's it, it's funny. It makes you really take a lot of things into consideration, especially uh, you catch yourself when you, you we get dispatched to a call for someone that's been confirmed. And then all of a sudden you take everything really serious. And it's kind of like, man, why why am I trying to take it so much more serious than the last call when we weren't confirmed, you know? So it's um, yeah, that's hard. It's it's really hard. You catch yourself kind of, you know, kicking yourself in the in the in the head because you didn't do all these little things the entire day or something like that. But um, yeah, it, it makes you it makes you really think. That's for sure. I'm curious to to find out what it was like for you. I mean, you came on and started working as a paramedic right when this whole COVID nineteen started. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, you know, your perspective on starting off like this and then how it's rolled along over the weeks. Yes, it's uh, it was really funny. I so I was trying to get my uh, in California is a little different. Um, I think it's the only state in the entire country where you get certified as a paramedic uh, nationwide. You then you pass your state. And so every state has their state licensure where you are allowed these practices in your state. But then in California, you're required to then get county certified. So you have to pass different county regulations. Well, I was happened to be applying right when this all kicked off and county EMSA, the emergency medical services had kind of shut down. They weren't dealing with anything new because of course you're going to be full bore dealing with the COVID. And so it was a little interesting trying to, Hey, I'm here. I want to help. Can you please open your doors to let me in so I can then get after it? 
um, but it's really kind of fly by the seat of your pants as anywhere. I mean, look, look nationwide, you know, there's, it's opened up so many holes in that, you know, each county is trying to do something different. Each, each different state's trying to do something different. There's no real, you know, I'm not necessarily, whatever your political beliefs are for, uh, nationwide healthcare or anything, there needs to be some kind of nationwide, uh, you know, uh, organization for it, but it's uh, it's kind of learn as you go, and even the medics that have been with Santa Barbara County AMR for twenty years, this is this is new. Just the documentation, you learn as you go. I mean, you come every literally still to this day. Every day, there's a new um, briefing that we get emailed or sent out via text message through the company that you know look for these symptoms. Okay, we need to start documenting this. Um, just different rules and regulations to help deal with it or, or documentation. I mean, just no matter what, um, now everyone wears a gown, wears, or not necessarily a gown, but, you know, eye protection, face protection. Because, um, you know, people that get into car accidents have COVID that don't have any symptoms. People that have heart attacks, you know, not necessarily just the person that says, oh, I've been sick with flu-like symptoms, it's hard for me to breathe, or I've had diarrhea. I mean someone falls breaks their leg they're, they're the same same type of person so it's it's definitely a, a learn as you go and um yeah no matter how new you are it's this is something completely new you know this is not a something that happened five years ago so let's go through that protocol that we went through before so I bet. it's so uh, how has it changed from when you first started and they were telling you what to do to mm-hmm. what they know now and you're able to to work with has anything changed during that time I would say it not necessarily changed, but it's a little more um, direct, uh, direct, like it's not much of a frenzy anymore. It's not too frantic. Um, People kind of say uh, it's kind of something, Okay, it's here. We're dealing with it. This is not new news now. We know that it's around us and that we need to deal with it. And people are a little more more calm, I would say, dealing with it. If, If you have a suspected case, okay, you always enter the hospital through this route. You're going to stay in this area that's quarantined. Whereas before we had a lot of hospitals that were, you know, kind of scrambling to put together. Where do we want to put these people? Now we have certain hospitals that won't even take patients that are possible carriers. Mm. And um, they'll be, you'll be directed to a specific hospital that is dealing with them. So you're not spreading it around and that kind of thing. So it's um, a little more paperwork, a little more um, driving to... Um, make sure things are going in the right direction. Patients are going to where they need to be for their correct care. But um, yeah, just a little more direct, I would say. Not not as frantic, not as frantic feeling, you know. Anything new is always, you like the, people like the, the demon that they know, you know, they're, they're, if they're used to that, that problem, they like that. You don't like the new, the new problem, you know, we've all got our problems. You like your problems. You don't like the new problem coming along, so. Yeah, and this is um, a new, this is a really, really new problem. They don't even know what's happening with it. We were uh, talking earlier today about the similarities between Santa Barbara and the Big Island and even Bali, where places where, you know, we've got lots, all those areas have lots of visitors that come from around the world. You know, Santa Barbara has a big influx of people from around the world, right? For and, sure, for and, sure. And so does Hawaii, so does Bali. And yet, all of those places have very few cases. Why? Yep. Why is that? That doesn't make any sense. There's, there's, yeah. There's, and, and, you know, the experts are trying to figure this out, of course. But on the surface, it's like we shake our heads. I mean, the Big Island is Big Island has had about the same amount 
of cases at Santa Barbara, around 600 uh -huh. or something like that. Okay, yeah. You know, the yeah. big island, we've got about 75, right? Mm -hmm. And, but we, ha we didn't shut everything. This island has never been completely shut down. You know, the, <laughs> the, governor, the governor did, and he overrode Harry Kim, the mayor. And so we, we have isolated, a lot of people, most people have isolated, but, you know, regardless, you know, we haven't had the, the widespread thing going on. So we think that's curious. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I, like you're saying, it's so new. I keep, you know, you hear one thing like um, I saw I was reading something that pe like being overweight is the, the number one cause. And you hear like, you know, this underlying cause is the number one. But there's, uh, yeah, like you're saying, there's so new, there's nothing to really show. But um, one thing that's, I mean, Santa Barbara is quite isolated, not necessarily like a dividing line, a dividing reception, but we're we're quite separated from LA. I mean, we're still comp considered Southern California, but we're right at that peak of it. I mean, it's there's about a 20 minute drive of a gap between us and Ventura, which once you hit Ventura, I mean, yes, it's a separate city, but kind of the population just kind of runs right through. There's no real dividing area. And so we are a little separated and you do get people that commute back and forth between the bigger cities that come into Santa Barbara. It's definitely, uh, I think the influx is about 40,000 people during the day that come into the city for work. Um, but yeah, it, it's like you're saying, it's really interesting. I mean, I thought we'd be seeing a lot more cases, a lot more problems. I know that um, Cottage Hospital, which is the big level one trauma I mean, they can do everything at this hospital, really great facility. And they hired, I think, 20 traveling nurses. This hospital never hires nurses, uh, traveling nurses. They hired 20 brand new for the ER um, nurses and they just to gear up for what was going to possibly happen. And they actually announced that this week they're letting them go. There's no need for them anymore. They, they geared up for this craze wow. that they expected and it just never hit. I mean... I, like you're saying, I think you guys had you're saying right around 600. Where yeah, I think like 550 now. But two days ago, I'm not sure what our count was yesterday. But two days ago, we had four confirmed cases, and you know, to have only four confirmed cases was amazing. I thought. Yeah, I mean, it is. I thought. How, I thought how many people live in Santa Barbara? Or how the area? The area, I want to say it's uh, about 120,000, kind of right, right in there. Yeah. Maybe 150,000 in the in the greater um, area, but a little bit yeah, less right about than the whole big island, but not too far off. Yeah, 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 and it, it's quite spread out. You know, you you do have your suburbs and stuff like that, but it's pretty good uh, separation between. So, mm -hmm. the interesting uh, thing is we don't always hear about you know the the recoveries, and as of May fourth, it's reported that there's 113 active cases in Santa Barbara, and we've got like. A couple reports here in Hawaii that say less than 100 active cases statewide, less than 20 active cases on mm -hmm. the Big Island. And then you look at the curves, and Hawaii has essentially flattened that curve. And they're mm -hmm. really gearing up to you know, start the reopening process. But it's interesting when you look at the parallels, because California, the governor shut down things pretty early there. And yeah. Hawaii, maybe not as early, but they did install that or, or institute that 14-day quarantine they were the first ones in the country to institute a quarantine. Yeah. Whether anybody wow, paid any I, attention I know, yeah. to it or not is another thing, but okay. Well, it's interesting because you're seeing some reports, and it's kind of anecdotal, but, you know, people are getting arrested for breaking quarantine, and they're, they're yeah, getting well, now, set back. 
now, but they yeah. weren't before. You know, before yeah. when people were coming here, people were reporting, oh, they're at Costco, they're down on the beach, they're, you know. So, yeah, it's, it's know. been funny, the different quarantines and stuff that's going on. I had no idea that Hawaii was, was the first to kind of institute that. They at one point wanted to stop people from, uh, stop planes from flying down, and they realized they could not shut down the airlines, uh, the mm -hmm. airports. But, you know, just recently they were talking about the uh, Hawaii Visitor Bureau putting out a promotion saying that we've got the lowest count, you know, we're fine. And it's like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, everyone's <laughs> yeah. kind of like going, whoa, wait, you know. Yeah, wait, wait till they let's open try that to keep it up, that yeah. way, you know, exactly. that's we're, exactly. we're doing, doing everything we can to keep them down. But, you know, I was yeah. reading yesterday, Annie, where where the um, airlines to this island are shut down. United Airlines is not is supposedly not flying onto the big island until the end of September. Wow. So they're, they're shut down here and wow. they're not going to be wow. back for a while. You know, there's That's a lot crazy. of them that, that aren't coming here anymore. They, they can't stop them completely, but I mean, the airlines hardly have any passengers anyway. They're not going to keep flying all their flights, you know? Of course. Yeah. I think that's where we're really in trouble is when they reopen this thing, we flattened the curve. We're doing fine on our own. But when they open it up to, back to people from all over the world, who knows who's going to show up here, you know? That's when I think yeah. it's going to blow up. So. Yeah. I think the longer we wait, the better. What I thought was really interesting was they were talking to the first couple that they truly identified had a COVID-19, and they got it from skiing in Switzerland. So mm. where so often we were thinking it's coming in from the Orient, it's coming in from you know that area, it was from Europe that it came in. So I, I thought that was or the first documented case. So a couple from Honolulu that were skiing in Switzerland. So. It's, it's interesting. How is the tourism there? Are there still people that are coming in from the United uh, from the mainland or out of the country or have they like they is said, it they it, said uh, tourism or incoming uh, passengers has gone down over the past year from approximately 30,000 a day to 200 a day. And oh, a lot wow. yeah, and a lot of those people coming in are actually residents who are returning from visiting the mainland. So it's yes, yes. It's about ninety nine percent down, I read the tourism rate. Wow. When you wow. come in, I mean they wanted to put ankle bracelets on them and I guess the <laughs> Supreme Court said we can't do that, you know. Do it. But do literally it. you have to make a commitment that you're gonna stay fourteen days in a hotel without leaving. And wow. they, at the airport, confirm your cell phone. You have to stand there and your cell phone ring and confirm the hotel that or the place that you're going to be staying and they've got wow. you know so they're on it i mean they're trying to really stay on top of it but, and even uh, if you're uh, a resident the same thing even if you're a resident you have to go home and stay at home for 14 days mm -hmm. it's the same thing yeah the state's been having a hard time enforcing that though Sure. Yeah. Exactly. I can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine. People are sneaking in. I can totally imagine. People are sneaking in. Like, uh, I think over the weekend, yeah, a couple on their honeymoon flew into Oahu and they snuck out of their hotel room and they were um, given warnings on the beach a couple of times. And finally, they, I think they got um, arrested. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Ooh. 
kind of crazy. Yeah, well, the last place you want to be is in jail with this thing going <laughs> yeah. on, Jesus. Uh, yeah, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Yeah. Hawaii tourism is paying to send people back to the mainland yeah. after they get arrested. You know, the plane fares are... I don't know how that works out, but... The plane fares are so low right now. And if you, and if you come here... Yeah, I've noticed. I'm, I'm trying to... Trying to see how I could benefit on that, but yeah, it's right now it's it's low because you can't go anywhere. You don't want to so go anywhere. So tempting, you know. And if you come here right now, if you come here and you you don't have a place to stay and you don't have a phone number and all that to give them, they send you back. Really? They make you turn around and fly back. Yeah. yeah. There are a couple of homeless guys that flew in and they had no reservations. They got picked up at the beach and put back on a plane, headed back to the mainland. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I know, um, so we've, I've ran a call, um, I've only had one confirmed call, but one of them was to uh, a hotel and on um, different counties, I, I'm sure it's not a state thing, but different counties are dealing with it differently with the homeless population because um, Santa Barbara County, I believe, if, they, if you are a confirmed case and you're homeless, they actually put you up in a hotel. And you have these hotels that there there aren't any other guests but just these confirmed cases that are being put in them. So um, any any hotel, I mean, not necessarily like a Motel Six. You have these different ones that the whole hotel is just homeless people that have confirmed mm-hmm. cases that just have nowhere else to go, and wow. so they want to isolate them. And so you have county tax money going to housing these homeless people for two weeks. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how, yeah, different counties and stuff are dealing with that. That's, I think that's good that they send them back. You know, yeah. it's, I mean, you're not saying that you, you don't want to help them, but you can't be bringing your problem to someone else's house, really. Yep. And that's the problem with the states, you know. People can cross the state lines all the yeah. time. Yeah. They, some places yeah. are locked down, some places aren't. And they, if uh-huh. you go across the state line, you're just taking your problem to someplace else. For sure, yeah. My uh, One of my partners uh, last month, he went to... Uh, his girlfriend lives in Texas, and uh, they flew into Austin, and Austin was completely shut down, couldn't do anything. They drove to the next county over uh, um, to go and see family, uh, her, his girlfriend's family, and that county was wide open. The family was at the brewery having, getting barbecue and hanging out, you know, so it was, you know. Crazy. And then I, I think, uh, yeah, and then I think he flew in, uh, or I think she came out to, to stay with him for a couple weeks, and uh, when she returned, she was in full lockdown, like you were saying, had to give phone number. Um, authorities were going to come and check on her daily. And, uh, yeah, it was, com- like you're saying, completely different. So it's yeah. yeah, it's good to see lockdown and people taking it serious, but it's hard when you put so much effort and the person next to you isn't. So, so we're going to take a quick break here so we can explain how we're making this podcast happen and the products we're using. We're going to be right back with the conversation. All right, guys, we have to mention that we do get a small commission from the companies we endorse, but it's always at no cost to you. Our website on HawaiianTimePodcast.com is hosted by Bluehost. If you go to our show notes on our website, you'll be able to connect to Bluehost. We highly recommend them. And also, we use Blueberry. Blueberry hosts our actual podcast. So you've got a website host and a podcast host. Uh, right now, you can use our promo code to get your first month of podcast hosting for free on Blueberry. The promo code is Hawaiian Time. One word, Hawaiian Time. One special note, you guys. That's spelled Blueberry minus the E's. No E's. Blueberry. Very clever, huh? <laughs> Head over to onhawaiantimepodcast.com to find all the products we're using to power our podcast. 
Plus, you can help support us by buying some of our On Hawaiian Time merchandise there too. We have t-shirts, mugs, stickers, and slippers. You mean like you mean like songs, Bruce? Eh, not not like not. You mean like flip flops, Bruce? Yeah, flip flops. <laughs> like all them songs too, you know. Do do we have Hawaiian on Hawaiian time podcast thongs? Well, one Whoa. kind of song, not the other kind of song. <laughs> oh, that kind of thong. Oh boy. Okay, maybe we should get back to the show. <laughs> We've got a good guest that we're letting hang right here. Okay, back to the conversation. Bruce, what were you saying? <laughs> um, yeah, Drew, funny thing is that you mentioned that uh, each county had their own, you know, set of rules for everybody to follow. You know, I was watching the um, that protest in San Diego, where a helicopter is hovering over that that crowd of people, mm-hmm. and hardly anybody was wearing masks. And uh, when when the cameraman did a close up of the law enforcement officers, hardly any of them were wearing masks too. So it's uh. kind of weird that the state, the state's officers were there, I mean, you know, with their face in the faces of the protesters, and they're not, nobody's wearing masks. It's crazy, crazy yeah. scene. Yeah, yeah, and that, I mean, that, I don't know. Yeah, and I, it, not only from county to county, I guess it is, now that you mentioned that, kind of from agency to agency. Oh, interesting. I know why people don't wear masks on the beach, though, because it gives you a funny tan line. <laughs> you know you laugh but i'll bet there are people that think about that oh for sure for sure those things are humid those things are horrible i hate wearing those i can't wait to get them off we run a call and you have those masks on for an hour a properly fitted face mask is one of the most uncomfortable things it makes you want to touch your face which is the worst (laughs) thing you know I, I understand that people want to get back to work and open businesses and and get the economy going and I think the whole point of this flatten the curve thing was to give the healthcare people, the hospitals, um, the ability to respond and, and do it over time. And Drew, what are you seeing? Like, what does the hospitals look like in Santa Barbara? Are they to capacity? Are they empty? Is it somewhere in between? So um, as far as the COVID, uh, Santa Barbara uh, hasn't really been hit. Like I was saying, they kind of geared up, uh, Santa Barbara Cottage kind of geared up with picking up 20 traveling nurses, mm-hmm. which is something they normally don't do. That's not, that's definitely, they don't rotate through those traveling nurses and they've been told that they're being released this weekend. Um, so they haven't really gotten that hit and it's been a little mellower. I don't think we really ever hit capacity. There was a run probably a couple weeks ago where things started to gear up but never uh, again hit capacity. But now with... Um, cases have lessened, that's for sure. It's um, going down, but now you're getting uh, other issues with people not staying home. Uh, I mean, this past week, I would say our call volume almost doubled, uh, and so the ER is getting busier. So now it's you're kind of pushing uh, into hospital beds that would be available for COVID. Or if this, you know, if this kicks up again because people aren't staying at home, we won't know for two weeks. 
then those hospital beds that were available when we were quarantining aren't going to be because people are you know out getting into other trouble that they wouldn't be if they really were quarantining so um i wouldn't say we've hit it's ever really hit capacity but it i mean talking about you know with this two-week uh period of knowing we'll kind of if it does come back, it'll be definitely pressing for hospital beds, I would say. It's almost like you see some of these these protests, and, and I don't know because I'm not there and I'm no expert, but you know what you're saying, Bruce, people without masks, it's like, why can't you protest with a mask on? Are you trying to make a statement by going out without the mask that this thing isn't really serious? Because I, I get it. It's You have the right to protest, but why not do it in a safe way if you're going to do it yeah. And and, yeah. and try to you know reopen areas responsibly, not just... Why do we have to dive in and kind of throw it in everybody's face and say, we're opening whether you want us to or not? Well, we can do this in a responsible way, I think, especially in Hawaii, <laughs> where, you know, we've seen this curve of, of essentially flattened, like less than 20 people on the big island that are, have active cases. So I guess Hawaii hasn't completely shut down in terms of businesses, but it's like people are going to be bankrupt in a year. And I, I think health is more important than dollars. But if there's less than 20 people who have it, why can't you responsibly start reopening businesses and, and, and see what happens? And they talk about, you know, part of that reopening is testing. How many, uh, what is the testing capacity or what's being done testing? I mean, do you guys have kits in on your rigs when you go out? Um, I mean, so Santa Barbara just recently, there's one facility... Um, it's actually an urgent care that brought in the antibody testing. Um, but otherwise, it's just the hospitals that, that have. And I don't think the hospitals even yet have the antibody testing. Um, but, I mean, I have never been tested. I'm hoping that we're able to test all of, you know, I think the first responders need to be tested. I'm not trying to say that just for myself, but you need to know who has it and who hasn't had it. Um and I'm hoping that get, that becomes offered to all first responders, all hospital workers, uh, just to see, you know, who who is a carer, who isn't, you know, what's gone through. But, um, yeah, there's it's interesting that uh, I have not been tested. We don't carry anything possible. We know where to send people. But um, it's, yeah, still in, uh, I still don't necessarily know how they determine who gets tested. I saw a week ago that a pug got tested for it and, uh, <laughs> you know, I haven't gotten tested, so... There you go. Well, I mean, and they talk about having more testing. Is that still, you know, coming up that we need so many tests that we need to test everybody? We need to do this in order to really see what's out there? In my opinion, yes. I mean, in my opinion, I mean, this is the real world, not the perfect world. Everyone should be tested, I think, to know who has had it, who hasn't. Um, will this become just like another flu? Like we're going to get a vaccine every year and we're going to take a shot at which one is going to come up this year. And so we'll, we'll get vaccinated. Um, and then it doesn't really matter. But I think until then you need to, you need to test the entire population. You know, I've, I read recently that, uh, one doctor was saying it's going to be just a regular flu basically that it, once we find out how many people actually had it, that it's going to be below 1%, the mortality rate, and it's just going to be like a flu. But, I mean, we can all talk about it. But until you actually do test everyone, you have no idea. And uh, the the hospitals, Santa Barbara's gotten a lot better for time response on getting back uh, your test. But um, 
again, besides that one urgent care that I've heard of, um, they're the only ones that have the antibody test. And um, I think they're charging $120 a person. So it's still a business, you know, it's, it's still a business. They say that this, um, when you're talking about it just being a flu, I mean, it may end up that way, but it doesn't look that way right now. I mean, this is much, much more transmissible than the flu exactly, we've had no. in the past. Oh, I completely agree. I completely agree. I mean, I'm I'm on the side that kind of tends to be not as maybe more optimistic is the right word. I'm not sure what the word, but I'm hoping. I guess I hope that it's not going to be as bad as a lot of news agencies say it is and stuff like that. But uh, even someone like me who thinks that people are overreacting, this is, I mean, we haven't dealt with anything. This is something very serious. So it's, and it's funny with those protests that you guys mentioned. I mean, it's not a disease that's about you. It's about a disease of who you're going to give it to, you know? So it's, Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how this all fizzles out. But I think to really actually... I think, and I think it'll be important for not necessarily just this this disease, but the next disease that comes. You know, I mean, if we're gonna, if people are gonna say, "Oh, we overreacted last time," when we comes to the next time, then you know we're not gonna do ex- all that because we overreacted. It's like uh, tsunami warnings in Hawaii. You know, people are like, "Oh, you gotta get ready for the tsunami. The tsunami's coming," and then no tsunami comes. And after yeah, five it, of those, it becomes the boy who cried wolf phenomenon. It, yeah. Exactly. So I think yeah. it will be important to actually test everyone so that it, you know, it's a reality check to everyone that, you know, say not too many people have had it and this really is a problem or this was not as big of a problem. Now we know how to deal with it and the next time it comes around type deal. So, but it's uh, a, uh, yeah, it's, it's a brutal, it's a particularly brutal way to die. You know, it's basically oh, suffocation, sure. and, and it's, it's, that's not much fun. I mean, it's like having emphysema or something, you know? And the, the reports sure. that I've read are about it. You know, the people that really have it and have it badly, it's a nightmare, you know? And it's for a nightmare sure. for over, you know, overdoing the medical people, too, you know, over, overtaxing the medical personnel and the first responders and everything else. And don't, don't you think that the, the people that are protesting, a part of that protest, too, how about them not wearing masks and stuff? Part of that's just saying F you, right? Part of oh, that for is, sure. is, for is sure. you know, yeah. yeah. More, yeah, for exactly. Sure. But it, yeah, it kind of reminds me of people, you know, that want to argue and say, you're, you're wrong, you're wrong. I, like, I don't want, you know, listen, my side is right, you're wrong. Well, you, you need to listen to what the other side is saying, be able to say that they're wrong. You know, you, if you're out there without a mask saying, I'm not going to wear a mask. You're wrong. Well, put put a mask on and talk to me about it because I might actually be right about the whole mask thing, and and we can have a discussion. But yeah, I think that's a little over overzealous to just be out and about saying it's no big deal. Um, so I'm gonna just possibly spread everything because I don't care. So, um, yeah, definitely interesting on that. But um, yeah, I mean it's it's brutal, uh, and I think a lot of people don't realize when you go on a ventilator that. Um, it, it's basically going on a ventilator is, is, uh, you're losing your right for resuscitation. It was something I was kind of talking to, uh, one of my paramedics partners with, if you go on a ventilator, um, it's basically like it, when you, you know, older people, you have your, uh, your pulse, your, uh, physician's order of life sustaining treatment. Uh, if you're on a ventilator, that is your last, uh, effort. You know, you, if you, go into cardiac arrest with a re- with a ventilator there's not much they can do for you you are toast you know you you're basically 
once you go on that ventilator that's it this is your chance at staying alive so it's um it's a non-resuscitation it, order basically yeah i mean it it is the end and a lot of people think oh no we have ventilators you can go on a ventilator uh it's your body i mean it's it's like being physically fit you know you need your body to constantly be working you need your body to constantly be fighting a little bit you know you want to constantly be testing your body a little bit but once you go on this ventilator your body's not working your body's not fighting and that's you know this is your your shot go for it so you have i remember seeing a doctor that he did everything he could he ran marathons and all this stuff and when he got sick with it, it hit him hard and he did everything he could to stay off a ventilator because he knew once he went on that ventilator, that was it for him, you know? Yeah, I heard the mortality rate is like um, about 60%. I think it's higher than that. The event. Yeah, I mean, because then it, you have something that's working for your body. So your body kind of, and it's, I guess, my opinion, but your body stops fighting because something else is breathing for it, so it's not doing that mm. struggle. So it kind of kind of gives in, but it's, yeah, I mean, a lot of people, again, I don't think realize that it's not, oh, you have a ventilator, okay, you're going to be okay. It's your body's last-ditch effort at, are we going to be able to stay alive and just come out? Scary. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, but yeah, again, we're we're not going to, see how this all plays out for another two weeks it's uh santa barbara's gonna be interesting I'm, I'm really interested to see with people coming up here um from other counties possibly bringing it around and then people just being out and about we uh in one day i ran on three bicycle accidents because people all of a sudden are out riding their bikes you know all of a sudden people there were i mean we had more traffic accidents than i've seen in one day since becoming a paramedic uh, in that same day, because people are now mm. out and about, you know, and they're speeding, and they're which, not is, only which that. is a bit odd, isn't it, Drew? Since there's less traffic, but there's but more they're traffic speeding, all of a sudden, yeah. and then exactly, Bruce, people haven't been able to drive around in their, you know, San Barbara's got lots of money. You have people with these nice cars that like to just go beach cruising or anywhere, and it's fun to drive fast. I haven't driven my fast car in a while, and so you have, <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. people are just eager and excited uh, to do that, and so it's everything is getting, and so. If you all of a sudden, because we haven't been doing the right thing, we get a spike in COVID, uh, everything is going to get pressed really, really hard. That's for sure. You know, one thing that is kind of interesting is that that this, in a way, opening things up maybe too soon is kind of an acid test. You know, in three weeks or four weeks, if we're not getting a big surge in COVID, well, then that tells us something, doesn't Mm -hmm. it? Mm-hmm. You know, if, yeah. if we do get a big surge, that tells us something, too. For sure. It, it's just like Hokkaido in Japan. They were really good at keeping the numbers down. They flattened the curve real quick. They got it under control. And then the, I, I don't know if it's, he's called a mayor or whatever, but their, their um, leader uh, opened up the island again. And then they had... Um, their cases increase to the point oh. where they have to shut it down again. So yeah, that's it, that can it's happen. Gonna, it's going to be interesting. And if it doesn't come back, you know, and things are great, and and you know, not, there's no resurgence. I hope that they that it's able to be taken as like, well, let we don't have to do it next time. You know, it's we did the right thing, we did the good thing, so now we know how to do it. Not 
hell, I'm not going to listen anymore because it was stupid. We didn't have to do it, you know. So I just hope yeah. they're able to educate yeah. people in that way too. It doesn't just end with it stopping. You know, we got to get ready for the next one possibly. So and just to put a little perspective on the the flu versus COVID, you know, last year the high end estimate for flu deaths was just over sixty thousand in the U.S. and we're at what sixty nine thousand COVID deaths in the U.S. in just over two months. And the flu there has a go. vaccine, you know, yep. so. Yeah. And uh, we've been it, quarantining. Exactly. We've been quarantining <laughs> yeah. hard and we've got 69,000 deaths in just over two months. Um, so that puts it into a little bit of context. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know um, kind of moving into uh, just reopening and stuff as well. I was speaking with, so I used to work in uh, bars and restaurants uh for 12 years that was that was my career uh uh ran a bar program was a manager at a bar f- uh for 7 years here in Santa Barbara helped open it. it's been my baby that that's been my home uh as far as work for sure and I was talking with our owner the owner who's a really good friend of mine and um he's really worried about what uh regulations or he's um curious to see what's going to happen as far as regulations for when things do open up cuz uh, uh there's a lot of talk about you know cutting down uh, capacities in these restaurants or moving tables six feet apart and all these little things. And he's really worried, you know, if he's going to be able to pay, pay rent and uh, make these bills because, you know, say you can only have half the people in a restaurant. I'm not going to go pay, you know, this meal that used to be $20. Now I got to pay $40 for this restaurant to be able to happen. You know, and margarita was maybe $7. I'm not going to pay $14 for a margarita. You know, these places have to make their money somehow. And so, um, it was interesting. I hadn't thought about it, but just the, um, the regulations that are going to come out that are going to affect these businesses, the, the recreational, the, the commodities are going to, um, somehow have to either go away or uh, prices are going to definitely increase. So I know that a lot of the businesses in Santa Barbara, um, restaurants and wineries are kind of waiting to see what's going to come out. And then after receiving all this federal money or uh, backing to be able to stay, stay open, they might end up shutting down anyway because they're not going to be able to pay rent in the long run. Last time I ate at a restaurant, I think, was in February. And if I had known then what I know now, I would have gotten the dessert. (laughs) (laughs) Ordered a second meal. Chocolate lava cake. I would have gotten it. Exactly. (laughs) So, yeah, it'll be interesting. um, It'll be interesting to see because we're getting all this funding. Uh, All these businesses are getting funding to stay open, you know, and we want to keep people working and keep people getting money. But it could be... When we come out, the regulations end up squashing the businesses anyway, and they're not able to stay open. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with all this. You know, regarding this protest thing, it's interesting that around the world, very few other countries, not all of them, but very few other countries are protesting like we are. You know, a lot of the other countries, Germany and and, uh, different places, have stayed shut down longer and now we're starting to starting to open up or you know haven't even opened up yet i heard today that uh germany schools were slowly starting to open up again but you know it, it, it's amazing to me that that we're we haven't we've been shut down what two months now not even two months has it been and uh we're protesting we're out there screaming and shouting about it you know nobody does that no countries do that but the united states what the hell 
Yeah. Who could it's, have it's, a whole other podcast on that one? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's interesting because it people all are saying, down, right? Yeah, people are saying I have rights, but yet this is a focus on the rights of everybody, the respect for other people. Exactly. Exactly. So a concept not many people live with. Here, hold my beer. <laughs> Watch this. <laughs> yeah. There's a quote by a, uh, a Danish philosopher that says, life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. It's a lot of Monday morning like quarterbacks that. and people saying, <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's a good one. Sure. This, that, and the other thing, but yeah. none of us really know what's happening moving forward. Nope. And we'll know a whole lot more a year from now when they've got everything to look at and all the results of everything unfolding. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. But it's not completely different then, you know. Absolutely. Cool. Well, we know the stay-at-home fatigue is about six weeks for the majority of the people in this country. We know that's the limit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. No joke. You know, that's what's funny about for us. This is what we do all the time anyway. You know, we stay home. We're older. I'm 72. I don't go anyplace. You know, this is, this is really good for me to kind of stay here, get my head together, take care of some stuff that needs to get taken care of. There's less distractions, actually. You know, I hate to say that it's a good thing, but in some ways it is. Yeah. Many people say it's all, all our pets, our cats and dogs that really wanted us just to stay home. <laughs> That's it. So, cool. It's been really interesting to hear the perspective of what's going on in California in comparison to what yeah. we've been doing here in Hawaii. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Drew. Yeah, I like hearing Thanks for too. being out there, Drew. Thanks for being on the front line, Absolutely. man. You guys are doing a great job, and we really appreciate yeah. it. Of course, Thanks for doing of course. what you do. Yeah, kind of, I appreciate it, and I don't necessarily know how to, it's hard to take a the thanks and stuff like that when you're doing what you, what you signed up to do and stuff. But uh, it's it's very rewarding. I will say that it, it's great. Um, people are very receptive. Um, being able to use your knowledge, your tools to help people, and um, kind of makes you makes you uh, carry yourself a little higher. Makes you, makes you you know realize people are watching and that you you need to do the best you can always. Um, but yeah, very rewarding. I would say definitely definitely a good thing. Very cool. Stay awesome. safe, Drew. Thank you. Uh, thank Absolutely. you, guys. Thanks for having me. Take care. Thanks so much. Aloha. Cheers, guys. Okay, guys, that's going to do it for us on this episode. Thanks for joining us. But before we go, we need a big favor from you. It's a favor from you, but it's a favor from us to you because we're running a contest and we're giving away a $100 Amazon.com e-gift card. It's so easy to enter the contest, and let me tell you, not many people have entered. So if you do enter, you got a pretty good chance to win. The contest goes through the end of May, so just go to our website on hawaiiantimepodcast.com, click on the contest link, and there you go. And while you're on our website on hawaiiantimepodcast.com, go and check out some of our cool merch. We've got slippers, shirts, coffee mugs, and so much more. Check it out. How about songs? Do we have songs? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Big mahalo to our logo designer, Joel Marcus of M Inc. And to Jamie Colazzo of Silverline Sound. Okay, you guys, great show today. Thanks for joining us. This is still kind of an experiment, you know. We'll leave it up to you to decide if it's going to be an ongoing series or not. We'd sure like to keep doing it. I hope you guys enjoy it. But we can't do it without you, so help us spread the word. 
I'm Mick Calver. I'm Bruce Omori. I'm Ann Calver. I'm Tim Coakley. And you are on Hawaii time. time. Aloha. Aloha. <laughs> See ya. Bump, bump. Ba-dum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-